The biggest thing for me was the transition from being in Tasmania to Hong Kong was to understand two different spectrums of people, right? Yeah. You know, and it, it, it's almost allowed me today to relate to many different people over many different walks of life and understanding people's passion and where they come from mm. and how to connect with people. Yeah is a massive, massive yeah. skill and allows you to yep. do so much more in life. My guest today is Stephen Howard, Group Marketing Director of Ovalo Hotels. Stephen grew up in New South Wales and has lived all over in Tasmania, Hong Kong, Queensland and the UK. Stephen started his career in hospitality in marketing for bars and clubs before moving into experiential event marketing then into the car industry before he landed himself into the designer hotel chain QT and now Ovalo Hotels. I look forward to chatting with Stephen and picking his brains about marketing and PR in all the different industries he's been in. Welcome, Stephen, and thank you so much for joining me today in the studio. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, just to give everyone some background, I met Stephen a few years ago now, three, four years ago, I'd say. Yeah, probably about that, before the pandemic, put it that way. Before the pandemic. When we could oh, do things. Yes, we could do things. We could do all the fun things. So I would have met you, I actually don't remember because we've hung out so much and um, and I think we we have a lot of similarities in terms of what we like to do and the places we like to go. We bond a lot over food and drinks and um, and, and all the fun things in life. It's about creating memories, right? Absolutely. With great people. Absolutely. And um, we would have met at one of those events that you probably hosted or someone else hosted and we just had a great time. You know, I think it's been really lovely to have met you and gotten to know you better over the, I'd say, last couple of years more so than previously. And, you know, we've had some really good dinners and what you like to call liners, which is, uh, <laughs> I'll let you explain that one. Lunch, dinner. Lunch and dinner. So Stephen's very well known for his liners, which is a combination of lunch and dinner. It usually happens around three o'clock when you start with a cocktail and probably finish up at around 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so Stephen, I just wanted to yeah say thank you for coming in today. And we're going we're gonna to pick your brains about marketing and how you are where you are today. But let's start with your journey. So you grew up in Sydney? Yeah, I was born in Wollongong actually and my father was uh, in the mining industry. So yeah, as a young child, you might look at it as a bit of a curse, but we, we moved around a lot. So moved from Wollongong to Singleton in the Hunter Valley, then down to uh, Victoria into Melbourne, then Tasmania, and then big shock as a 10-year-old moving to uh, Hong Kong and, and going to international school and, and having uh, a school where you got 52 different nationalities, many different kinds of people. It was amazing and still feels like actually home for me. And then moved back to Australia mm. and uh, went to Brisbane. And then uh, after school, I went over and did a somewhat of a gap year and coached rugby in Cambridge. Uh, I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, back to Brisbane and now down in Sydney. And so it's been a bit of a journey, met lots of different people along mm -hmm. the way, lots of characters, and I guess, uh, you know, built me to be who I am today, which uh, I'd like to think is an all-rounded person. Absolutely. I, I would I would agree with that 100%. I think you, having lived in Asia for a fair bit, has obviously opened up your mind to, you know, you love Asian food. 
a lot. Love Asian food. And, you know, you, you know a lot about it. You cook it a fair bit as well. Yeah, yeah. It's probably, if someone said, what's my specialty, it'd probably, it'd probably be, be Asian. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cantonese Japanese, Japanese cooking, yeah. you love that, yeah. And I think I think that's a that's because of your you know the experience and and the time that you've spent in Hong Kong. Yeah, absolutely. And like those things mold you, right? You become you become a person that uh, that enjoys those kind of cultural experiences and and uh, you you know you enjoy those with other people yeah. as well. So so take me back to you know your your early school days when you finished. What did you you know what did you expect? aspire to be did you have a a moment in your life where you go oh i want to be the marketing guru or i want to be yeah how did you start well, in that space funnily enough i actually always wanted to be a pilot i'm an av geek at heart i uh-huh. love planes and still do to this day i love i get excited whenever i get on a plane it's so you one of those people that you know you look on the app and you see how many watch the radar to see how many flights are in the not, air not quite that far <laughs> not quite that far but i i, I do love Getting on a plane, I find it. Uh, I marvel at the engineering and feat of, of flying and where where it's come to today, and the, also the luxury of flying. And, you know, have, I've been afforded to be you know fly first class, business yeah. class, also do economy as well. But yeah, you know, it's one of those moments in time where it's a little bit different now that you have Wi Fi, but you can truly switch off and uh, just sit and and almost meditate in some ways, right? And uh, I find it's my time to switch off because my life is quite hectic, as is yours, and it's my time to kind of relax, sit back and think and ponder life. Yeah, so it's like your your kind of like creative outlet, yeah, or, yeah, or rela- re- relaxation. Relaxation, mode. you know, uh, there's nothing better than I like <laughs> than waking right. up on a plane in a business class or first class seat, <laughs> watching the sunrise. It's uh, there's some feeling there, right? But yeah, pilot was always oh, my pilot was the main game. Um, but you know, I mean, like you you find flying relaxing. Most people would find massaging relaxing. Um, I do like know. a massage too. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> Aviation was your first sort of uh, love, but you didn't go into that. No, I didn't. And uh, I, yeah, I think yeah, I didn't probably have the uh, acumen, the, the education yeah. standard to be able to do that <laughs> in, from probably a mathematical and engineering perspective. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite a creative person in many respects. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, and at school, I guess that that's where I lent to. Mm-hmm. After school, I kind of was like, what am I going to do? I got a reasonable high school certificate score. So, yeah, I, you know, I didn't do too badly. I wasn't uh, struggling to get into uni. And I actually followed in the footpath of my uh, of my sister, who's also in uh, also in communica- mark- communications, yeah. right? So she, I guess, in some in some ways, inspired me to go and do a PR and marketing degree at QUT in Brisbane, uh, and I really enjoyed it. And you know, still to this day, very good friends with uh, some of my lecturers, and get invited to go back and do uh, guest lectures, mm-hmm. which I can't do as often as I'd like to be mm-hmm. able to do. But uh, yeah, and I got a passion through that, and I worked all through uni as well in in uh, hospitality so yeah. you know it was fun being able to deploy those skills yeah. and learn at the same time which not too many people really had to do i was kind of lucky to have uh, you know a role that allowed me to do that during uni yeah and would you have seen a massive shift in you know marketing these days marketing and pr and comms these days is very different from what it would have been say what uh, 15 years ago have you seen a lot has changed in that time? Oh, a massive amount of change. Mm-hmm. I mean, particularly in PR, right, there's the contraction of, of media and, and the f- different forms of media, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, we're 
here You're right now on a podcast, right? And who would have thought this would be a medium that is and is still growing, right? Yeah. That's uh, very powerful. You know, we've got social media, we've got uh, the contraction of traditional media, yeah. and so relationships now with journalists are more important than they probably ever have been in, mm-hmm. in a way that you've you've know, got a lot of paid media now as well. So a lot of change in that space, and then from a marketing perspective, you know, it's all you know very data driven, digital. Mm-hmm. Super, super important and to understand those analytics, understand how to use that the uh, search engine marketing as well and pay-per-click and all that kind of stuff has now come to the fore, which you, know, you never had yeah. previously, right? Do you find that businesses that have a spent on marketing may not necessarily have a decent budget for it sometimes and and probably kind of like put that in the back burner and think of it as a, you know, something that, you know, they would probably do if they had to or needed to, whereas it should actually be um, in the forefront. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer of building your brand, right? You've got to spend money to make money, right? Spend money to make money, but build your brand and do it in a way where you you really live and breathe it. And I've been lucky to work for particularly in my uh, last two roles with uh, event hospitality and entertainment work with a, a man by the name of David Sargent, who's a pioneer in uh, in the cinema and hotel space. And uh, you know, he conceived the idea of QT hotels and resorts here in Australia. And I was very lucky to go along with that ride with him and uh, launch that brand here in Australia and really cement where it is today. And then I moved to Overlo for another challenge and have been lucky to work with a, with the owner and founder, Girish Junjunwala, who again is super passionate. And both, you know, the correlation between both yeah. those gentlemen is that they're so passionate about what they do and what they believe in. They won't, they won't let anything stand in the way of yeah. building their brand and understanding that passion and going along for that ride is, uh, you know, amazing journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they truly believe in that brand building. And so having those kind of people and seeing the success that that brings to the business is amazing. Yeah, you know, I've been lucky to see the both those band, brands build and be be a part of it. There's nothing quite as um, satisfying as you know, like watching your you know, I guess, watching your baby grow. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I mean, your hotel is your baby. I think when you work for someone that is passionate, it, it feeds off, the energy feeds off into your team um, and you're only as good as the team that you you work with as well. Uh, absolutely. I've been lucky to work with some amazing people along mm. the way that have uh, you know, helped me get to where I am as well. And that goes not just in the marketing world, but mm-hmm. in, in, in hotels, there's the operational side as well and because you need to be able to deliver on what you're selling, right? So, so, yeah. you know, I've worked with some amazing operators as well. I've been very lucky to learn from a, a lot of people along the way as well. Well, before you moved into hotels, though, you were in the car industry? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. The, the national tell, PR tell manager for Hyundai. <laughs> Ooh. So, uh, Did you get to change your cars every Oh, absolutely. Every we, week? We, yeah, we, we, we had a press fleet and had our uh, had our cars, but it was, that was another amazing journey as mm. well, you know, working for a Korean company, which is, you know, culturally very different. Yeah. And understanding what drives them, again, was an, a, a really key learning point in my life. And working for Hyundai, it was an amazing journey because when I went into the business, I went in as a junior role in, in PR and uh, I watched from launching the first i30, which was a European design car, through to the second generation mm-hmm. i30 and rolling out the whole i-series of cars you know, from being the XL car company, which most people in Australia really, I guess, epitomised mm. Hyundai with, and changing that brand to be where it is now, which is a very well 
respected and accepted brand here in Australia and, and at one point was uh, one of the highest selling car companies in Australia yeah. as well. But they've, yeah, and now they're just doing amazing cars. They're investing in their brand. They're investing in technology. They're investing in European design cars, American design yeah. cars. And they, again, are very driven to drive the brand mm. and, and drive uh, value-driven cars, right, that uh, provide an amazing experience. Mm. Very, very innovative. Yeah. Uh, a lot, I think a lot of like Korean companies are very up and coming. Samsung. Yeah, Samsung, LG, you know, Kia Motors yeah. as well. And again, being part of that passion to be yeah. the best yeah. uh, has driven me along the way. And So you would have taken a lot from, you know, being in the car industry, working for a company like Hyundai and understanding the goals, their values, and the way they work as as a, as a group and as an international company, you would have taken a lot of that into the hotel chain industry that you you then went into. Yeah, absolutely. And you learn along the way, right? So it's, it's taking those mm. those key points. And, and whilst they're extremely different businesses, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you you apply the same mentality. Of course. Yeah, And, and it's not just the marketing principles, right? It's yeah. also the, the determination the to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. attitude that you, you know you show up to work and you you want to be the best. I excellence think. is what I call it. Excellence, I love that word. That's fantastic. Now, just paint a picture of uh, QT for those listening who don't know what QT. I find it very hard to believe, but you know. <laughs> well, I, if I've done my job correctly, hopefully <laughs> people know QT and and the team there. I guess are, are still living that dream and and uh, mm. and pushing it out there. But QT, I guess, was Australia's first and uh, only design a hotel brand, yeah. you know, really driven around the um, creative industries. And, and one of the things with QT was obviously it was a, they're beautiful hotels, but it was very much driven behind creating an ethos around yeah. the hotels. And that meant fashion, art, music, food was a big big part of that and uh, you know even the restaurants there and you'll you'll appreciate this is you know most hotel restaurants, uh, very much just a, an ancillary of the of the hotel, yeah. whereas it was always the vision of QT and David Sargent to have standalone restaurants. And so our mentality was when we were dealing with that was restaurants run by restaurateurs. And so we employed proper restaurateurs. Mm. We employed you know chefs that were uh, you know talented really beautiful chefs mm. and then working alongside creative food directors as well to pr- provide something different and yeah and, and again going back to David's excellence you know I still remember sitting there one day when we were designing the placemats for Gowings Bar and Grill at QT and he was sat there and got different kinds of paper from David Jones paper department yeah. that had different <laughs> textures and he was cutting them up and putting them together to create a pattern. Yeah. And that's the level of detail that the CEO of Event Hospitality oh, yeah. and Entertainment went to to create an experience. And even down to that he would make sure that the playlist of the music in the restaurant oh, wow. was 142 beats per minute because that was the <laughs> optimum oh, wow. beat. For uh, okay. for eating uh, in a restaurant, it, and is that it, right? One hundred forty-two. For uh, yeah, that, that's what that's 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 how it goes apparently. But wow. yeah, that was for Gowings, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, ensuring that pricing was exactly right, so that you could go in and have an entree and a main, and still walk out and feel happy that you mm. haven't overspent, or you can have a main and a dessert, and it, it, just the level of detail that he went to was just phenomenal. And I think again, like I said earlier, yeah, it's one of those things is really be passionate, achieve excellence and and 
you can't really go wrong. No. And I think, you know, it's it's really interesting because what QT and Ovalo have created, this sort of like boutique designer hotel that they focus on, like you said, the necessities, i.e., you know, you can go down the road to a, another gym. So they outsource to the right people. Yeah. They get someone in to run the restaurant because you can't be great at everything can't be great at everything so whereas like in a traditional hotel like you think about all the you know five-star hotel chains they would traditionally just do everything in-house and not necessarily do it up to the standard that they they you know you can get if you were to outsource those and and it's funny these bigger chains the ihgs the marriott to these worlds are now yeah, they have their designer contemporary hotel brands like W or Edition and um, So for Accor. But even now they're progressing to even some of their more uh, value-driven yeah. brands to become more lifestyle-driven, your mm. Holiday Inns, your Crown Plazas. Mm. And so I kind of have this thing now where the whole designer hotel, contemporary hotel movement, which was originally – driven by a guy called Ian Schreyer who started Studio 54 and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, amazing. I've watched him speak a few times. That whole movement has now progressed into being quite commercial, right? And so for us at Overlow now, it's how do we extend, how do we change, how do we, and not just from a marketing perspective but a brand experience perspective, how do we set ourselves apart where everyone is almost a designer contemporary hotel now how do we set ourselves apart, right? And that's that. That's the key thing for us. And even down to just packages, right? Yeah. We don't just put out a percentage off package. We look at how we can partner with someone. Like recently, we partnered with Riddell Glasses, so mm-hmm. that uh, you know it's all about sharing a moment with someone because of lockdown and sharing a glass of a, a beautiful cocktail. Mm-hmm. Or, and so you know you get your percentage off, but you also get a beautiful glass kit mm-hmm. with your package. And so how do we take it to that next level? Yeah. How do we challenge ourselves to put a lens over it? Yeah, and how do you find, you know, the little things? It's all the, all about the little things that count, isn't it? It's not. Absolutely. It's, it's about the experience. It's about the experience, about the ethos. So, you know, uh, Girish is very, very adamant about uh, connecting emotionally with our guests, yeah. right? Because, you know, we're a service-driven industry and, you know, where a lot of other hotel groups are moving towards automation for check-in and yeah. we actually want to almost move the other way. We want to become, I, uh, have the touch point and be that, personable, you know? That's one of my next questions actually about, um, you know, the change and the shift in making everything. You see a lot of things robotic dr- driven now, mechanically driven. Do you think it'll ever get to that point? Look, I think it will to mm. some degree. There needs to be a balance. I think, you know, when I think about personally about going to a hotel, I do think about the human connection, right? I do think mm. about the experience and and, yeah. and having, you know, for want of a better saying is being handed on weight, you know. Yeah. You, hand you want foot, right? Exactly. I want, I want someone, you want to be spoiled. I want to be spoiled. I want yeah. to feel special. I want to feel like I'm the totally. king of the castle, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, having that, and we're, we're very lucky that, uh, you know, again, within Overload, Girish is very heavily invested in our employee yeah. experience and our employees also training, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got a great uh, HR director, Nicole, who's just amazing at building culture and connecting with people. And so if we can do that internally and connect emotionally with our employees, then hopefully that feeds onto our guests as well. And from my perspective, again, it's around building an ethos and, you know, you talk about learning from what you, your, your career path and, you know, one thing I did learn from David Sargent was about creating that ethos and connecting with people through the creative industries and, and 
you know, you want that experience within the hotel, but yeah. you also want to be surrounded by like-minded people. So it's about supporting those creative yeah. communities, you know, getting them into the hotel uh, and living and breathing that, right? Yeah. Do you see a certain de- demographic or, um, of, of course, you get, you know, you know who your guests are. Um, is there a certain demographic that come and stay at at designer hotel. Well, we 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 do. We we know who stays. Yeah. Like we we obviously collect a lot of data. Mm. We're very lucky that be an industry that we can do that. But yeah, for us, it's actually not about a demographic. It's mm. more about a psychographic. So you know, we with internally, we in our marketing team, we have what we call our fame pillars, which is fashion, art, music, and entrepreneurship. So we never try to fit square pegs in round holes. We mm. try and align ourselves with those industries or um, publications or people, and from there. We then know that uh, our customer is going to fit within those brackets by creating that ethos of the hotel. So we don't say demographic; we talk about a psychographic right. of people that love those in, those industries and those passions, right? Yeah. And so that could be anyone who's, you know, an eighteen-year-old who's an art student, yeah. right through to you know a ninety-year-old who loves fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all sat, they're all sharing the same passion, and they could sit at the bar and or sit next to each other and have an amazing conversation yeah. about those creative industries so yeah we don't we don't sit there and say we are you know 35 to 45 Uh we we're for everyone yeah and we're about connecting with people on those across those fame pillars Stephen how did you think you went in COVID being in the hotel business and industry how have you you know I guess uh Pivoted. <laughs> Gotta love was, that word. I like to say evolve. Evolve. Uh, what was the turning point in the industry? Uh, obviously, no, no one would have seen that coming. But what were the contingency plans in a designer hotel chain? What What are the processes that you guys look at? Yeah, look at Overlo again. We are extremely lucky to have uh, a founder and CEO who is incredibly passionate, but also someone who likes to move fast and change constantly. Like Mm. I said, we're always looking at how we can improve, how we can put a lens over things and go, how can we do that better? So, and we do that quickly to be able to evolve all the time. Yeah. So as a group, where other hotel groups, you know, probably stagnated a little bit to the beginning because they didn't know how to evolve or how to change things, we were ready. We, We do it every day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we, we challenge ourselves every day. So, and Girish challenges us every day in a really positive way. And so, when it came to COVID, obviously, it was a horrible time for our industry. And, um, you know, the great thing about the travel and hotel industry is that it does band together and help each other. But, you know, we internally as well, we were lucky to have a great group of uh, senior leadership people that were, you know, whilst we were, you know, cutting back on wages for us. You know, we were still working five yeah. days and we were still trying to make change. And so we did a number of things over COVID. We didn't sit still. We didn't we didn't stay quiet, whereas a lot of other hotel groups did. They yeah. just bought it up and uh-huh. closed shop. Yep. I mean that literally and figuratively speaking. Mm. We kept on going. We, we came up with ideas of how to evolve during yep. that period and we did it quickly. We did restaurant in room where we set up suites that were uh, socially distant so you could you know have a suite and get served in the room and we mm. ca- had our because part of our uh, overload offering is the perks right you get you get free breakfast mini bar 
um, social hour when, among other things, when you stay. And so, you know, obviously you couldn't do the social hour at mm. certain times. So we had the social hour trolley. And we did, we, you know, in Hong Kong as well, we've, we've evolved our hotels over there to be, uh, two of them to be quarantine hotels. And so we're now known as being the best quarantine hotels in Hong Kong, <laughs> and we've got a wait list. We you can't get to go in. into hot quarantine hotel. Yeah, yeah because people are in Hong Kong are yeah you know, they are traveling overseas, yeah. but and they're doing it for longer periods and then coming back. And yeah, you know, Girish's challenge to our team was mm. to come up with a concept where we treated people humanely whilst yep. they were doing quarantine and made it yep. almost to the point where people enjoyed their felt, stay. Yeah, right? felt comfortable, uh, and, even though you were locked within the four walls. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, people do genuinely walk away from See, our quarantine experience. The they, they, you know, they have their last supper almost <laughs> where we really spoil them. We're getting return guests and yeah. then word of mouth where we're now, like I said, we've got a wait list. And so, again, yeah, these are things that we did where we we took it took it upon ourselves yeah. to challenge ourselves and said how can we do it better how can we do it better than anyone else and we're winning i didn't even know that you could like put yourself on a waiting list to go and choose your quarantine hotel it, it's a little bit different in hong kong obviously uh-huh. in australia it's it's mandated i thought you just you just get put wherever yeah that's luck it, of the draw really in australia it's it's all mandated by uh-huh. the government in hong kong you you can choose where you stay you get to yeah you could you can stay at uh, any kind of hotel right. be it a, a you know three star <laughs> right through to a five star hotel so yeah it is actually a competitive market mm. and that's why we needed to do it and again like i said girish's challenge was to treat people humanely get them to enjoy it and again connect them connect with them emotionally and so every wednesday night Mm. We do a Zoom session with all the people that are in quarantine. So, Who does a Zoom session? Well, the I, staff. I'll, sometimes I host it. Sometimes Girish will host it, and we connect with all the guests that are in uh, in their rooms, and then they get to connect with each other as well. And so we do social hour drinks <laughs> over Zoom, and it's amazing. Um, one that they get to connect, and there's been plenty of instances where we've actually had people. Get together. Get together. After it, we've so- had we've had people organise, uh, you know, who, people who were in quarantine at the same time organise parties together after they get out. But more importantly, we actually get direct feedback as well. Yep. So they see they see us, you know, and they talk to us and give us feedback and uh, ideas of how we can improve. And so, yeah, you know, it's just. Yeah, again, connecting with people emotionally. Wow, that's amazing. So now, Stephen, I, where do you think um, Ovalo goes from here? Are we expanding given the current climate or are we staying still, just creating more experiences? The sky's the limit. The sky's you know, the and, limit. And yep. again, you know, this is Girish's mm. you know, passion is to think big, yep. right? Yeah, How do we do it and how do we do it in a way where, again, we deliver that overlow experience mm-hmm. right so we are on the hunt for more hotels and we've yep. got you know amazing development team you know one guy in hong kong two guys here in australia that are looking southeast asia new zealand australia us um you know and there's there's some good opportunities out there and we want to keep delivering that uh, experience to to people around the world mm-hmm. yeah you know, from an overlow perspective we have our overlow hotels which are that genuine overlow ho- hotel experience which is very much centered around music mm. and art and uh, the the perks that are included in your rate and then we also ha- have our buy overlow hotels so 
um, they're slightly different in oh, terms right. of the experience. We've got Mamakar in Bali. We've got the Inchkin Biovolo in uh, in Brisbane. We've yep. got the Shengwan Biovolo in Hong Kong, uh, and they're their own experience. They're like they're their own kind of character. So if it's you like. all managed and run by Ovalo. And own we own all our own, hotels. Yeah, own the hotels, but it's it's just a different experience, like you yeah, say. Yeah. So for example, you know, and this is again another massive bold move by Ovalo during the you know during the pandemic. We 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 said we're committing to being a hundred percent vegetarian mm. across the whole group. That pertains only to the Overlow Hotels, mm. not the Buy Overlow Hotels. Yeah. So the rest of Who came up with that already. idea? Who well, came up with the concept? So Girish again, yeah. Like, yeah, he's a visionary. He likes yeah. driving us, likes to think differently. And Did he see a gap in the market? Or Yeah, a gap in the market, but also a trend, right? Yeah. The, the, the trend towards plant-based eating yeah. is uh, yeah is growing massively every but day. But an offering that most hotels wouldn't give either. Exactly, and, and there's a couple of things behind it. One is conscious eating, like, mm. you know, wellness around it but also sustainability you know plant-based eating is better for the environment and also gives us a usp a unique selling point mm. for our our hotels where we deliver something that is different and people will want to try it and you know we want to promote that vegetarian cooking yeah. doesn't necessarily mean a vegetable curry um, it can mean no i mean uh, Lona Mesa, as you've created the um, with with Shannon Martinez and Ian Curley, yeah, and Ian Curley, you know, I've I've personally had the food there, and it is incredible. Yeah, and it's not boring. It's tasty. Oh. It's you want to go back for more. And Lona Mesa, like you said, is a classic example of that. Where you know we're doing three seatings a night. Mm. You know, where people and and most of those people are not vegan. Yeah. And it, it becomes sort of like you go there for a – It's the hotel is the destination. You go there, you have a, a meal, then you stay for a drink, and then you potentially just stay. Stay, exactly. <laughs> and you do it all over again the, the next day. The wonders of a great hotel <laughs> restaurant. Okay. Any moments in your life where you go – any moments – well, I'm sure you don't have any moments of regret. No, there's no Less such – there, there is no, no such thing so you're, as regret. This, you're too Mr. Positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you make um, every decision you learn yeah, from it, right? But are, were there any moments where you go, I wanted to do this? What about the running thing or what about – Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, running, um, even my separation. Yeah. Changing industries from cars to yeah. hotels. Uh, I think – one of the biggest turning points, though, is, is is was living in Hong Kong, right? Yeah. Is um, yeah, really understanding, and one of the greatest things is going from Georgetown in Tasmania, yep. which is quite a lower socioeconomic town, to the bright lights of Hong Kong, where per capita it's got the most billionaires in in, in well, the country. How old were you when you ten? Ten. Yeah, and so, so was that a bit of a culture shock? Massive culture shock, yeah. but also yeah, it, it it allowed me to go from a small town. With a, some yeah. amazing friends uh, who I still have today. Yeah. To a city which is truly international, and and I love Hong Kong. It's the best That's, city in the world. Yeah. It's a true epitome I, of East meets West. Yeah. And I, it makes me sad to see where it uh, went through, and and mm. even now how they're kind of dealing with COVID because it truly is an international city. And uh, yeah, going from that small town Tasmania to Hong Kong. Yeah, open my eyes up yeah. to the world. Um, do you think? In, in, do you think that was like your, you know, like the turning point where you go, no, I want to dream big. I want to do big things. Even though I grew up in a in a smaller town, definitely dream big. Definitely yeah. dream big. And, and and the aspiration to to. 
go somewhere, right, yeah. and see what the world can offer. And the world is your oyster. Yeah, I know it's a cliche saying, but the world is your oyster, right? And being in, in that platform as a young adult young, yeah. you know, it really inspires mm. you. But I think even more so, the biggest thing for me was the transition from, from being in Tasmania to Hong Kong was to understand two different spectrums of people, right? Yeah. If, you know, and it, it, it's almost allowed me today to relate to many different people over many different walks of life. And, you know, like I said, I still have great friends who, you know, we don't talk every day. We might talk, you know, yeah. four times a year. Yeah. But, you know. Um, when you do get together, but you when have we do get to the, We're very different people, yeah. but we are fundamentally great mates. Yeah. And that's that's the wonderful thing about being able to relate to different people and particularly in life, understanding people's passion and where they come from mm. and how to connect with people yeah. is is a, is a massive, massive yeah. skill and allows you to yep. do so much more mm. in life. Mm. Mm. It's it's really interesting you say, you say that and, um, and, and a point I'd like to make is like it's not about I find like, you know, that you meet people of all different backgrounds. You know, it doesn't matter where you grew up or... Uh, ages even yeah. I, I, I you know I growing up I hung up with a lot of my brother's mates who were a lot older than me or you know I have a lot of friends that are older than me and I also have a lot of friends that are younger much younger than me and I feel I feel like it doesn't actually matter doesn't age matter. doesn't matter where you come from it doesn't matter where you grew up whatever all that you doesn't can matter learn from anyone totally right? and sometimes the most uh, obscure people that you might think you're not going to learn from you'll learn something you'll mm. learn you'll learn anything and if you if you truly want to open up mm. and and learn from someone you definitely can and like even the most like the people that you think you you won't connect with you you probably will on some level absolutely i mean all have uh, humans innately have lots of similarities that we don't we just need to know how to bring it out of someone. Yeah, exactly. And that's the art of communicating. Art of communicating. Art of Couldn't communicating. put it better myself, actually. <laughs> the art of communication. It's it, it, it it's amazing. Well, I'm conscious of time, Stephen. So any parting words, any words of advice for, for you know, young people wanting to start out in you know their careers in marketing PR comms like you know there's a lot of uh, young individuals out there who are you know uh, have, are very green in this space and uh, you know it's it's all shiny and bright lights but there's there's all, of course there's a lot of ups and downs in this industry as well is there any advice you can give them there's a couple of things that I, I, I would advice I'd give mm-hmm. one is to always live by three things one is excellence, mm. always do things the best you possibly can. Two, work with energy. And I don't mean working fast, but work with energy and passion mm-hmm. and alignment. Be aligned with the people you work with. Mm-hmm. Communicate. I was hoping the third one was also an E. It started with an I E. I wish it was, yeah. but it's not. <laughs> they kind of sound right. but uh, and, and those yep. key things for me are what I yeah, mean. That's our, so true. What my yeah. team we work by. Yep. Is, is so that we, uh, we, we, we go by those values. The other thing is that, the world has changed, right? And you know where we could plan, and COVID has shown us that we that we can't plan. Yeah. Um, and you know, luckily at Overlo, we we are one of those fast moving, evolving companies all the time, so we were able to adapt very quickly. Yeah. But it, it's all be always on, like yeah. for a brand and particularly small 
you know, SME companies, you know, you, you, you've got to, you've got to be always on, you've got to be in people's faces and you've got to be, you know, out there yeah. with your brand and, um, be always on, you know, have a framework of, of, of key tentpole moments, Yeah, but don't be afraid if an opportunity arises to grasp it and run with it Yeah, because that opportunity is never going to present itself never. again. Right. Exactly. And so, I guess at Overload, we take that approach. We're always on. We're always mm-hmm. out there. We, we, if a great opportunity comes knocking at our door, we'll take it and we'll run with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll work hard at it. And then the final bit of advice is work hard. Yeah, work hard. Be passionate. Don't mm-hmm. don't sit back and think that you're going to work nine to five because it works work smart. Work smart, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think yeah. For me, there are a lot of young people out there that you know want just shortcuts. Want <laughs> shortcuts, and they think that uh, you know a tenure in a in a company is going to give them a promotion. It's it's working hard that's going to give you the promotion. Absolutely, and, and going above and beyond, and that never stops. Yeah. Right? Never stops. You're always going to keep moving. And so even for me over the pandemic, yeah. whilst I was on reduced wage at one yeah. point, I was down to two days a week. Yeah. I still pretty much worked five days a week yeah. because what else am I going to do? Sit back, relax and watch Netflix. Watch Netflix with nowhere to go. And, or, <laughs> or I could be really passionate about what I do, which I do. I love our company. Mm. I love what I do. And I could make a difference. Yeah. And I'd like to think that, uh, you know, over COVID, not just me, but my team, past and present, who some who have left over COVID, but they all chipped in. Yeah. They all they all worked hard. They never complained. We kept going. We and I I believe that we're all going to walk away and look back on this pretty pretty yeah. devastating period of our yeah. lives, but look back with with pride yep. about and what, know, what we achieved. Yep, and know that you you are you're a better person because of it. I'm a better person. Yeah. We did great things as a team mm. and it's not just one person. We did great totally. things as a team uh, and we achieved for our business and mm. we took Overload to the next level. We, we Overload has bounced back faster than many of our competitors because yeah. of our efforts that we put in. Mm. And that to me I'm really, really proud of. Mm. It's interesting because during COVID a lot of – People were on reduced wage or uh, made redundant and, you know, saw it as an opportunity to not as wrong to reset, right? Sometimes you've got to take the time out to reset. But I think a lot of people also saw it as an opportunity to just not do anything, which I find would have driven me up the absolute wall. Like I was super busy in COVID. And I know. <laughs> at, some, at, at some point I thought, you know, as well, for, for me, I was just like, I do, I do want a break, but but you know, what wh- what else am I going to do if I don't do this, right? Yeah, and you and like I said, you can get in, you can get your hands dirty, work hard, mm-hmm. and walk away with a sense of pride, you know, and and be proud of what you've achieved. And mm-hmm. I, I look back at even now, it's it's yeah, we're so busy, but I I'm so proud of everything that we did as yeah. a team and what we achieved both operations marketing you know and sales you know we all banded together we all did our piece yeah and all chipped in and we're better for it and the company's better for it exactly and uh, the results show absolutely for it yeah work well, hard work hard work hard excellence alignment energy involvement on that note where can people find you instagram yep Stephen Howard. Un- underscore Stephen Howard underscore. underscore. Stephen and that's spelt with a PH. Or you can find him um, at the Ovalo Hotel. Yeah.
down at Woolloomooloo, my office, come down and say <laughs> hi. Always happy to have a drink with people. Share and create moments. I love that. I love that. Fantastic, Stephen. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your very busy day, a very very busy life, in fact, and, and coming down here to do the interview with me. It's an absolute pleasure. Always enjoy sharing time with you. Thank you.